Pettis has a seam. Pettis on his feet. Pettis still going. This will set the all-time record. He is into the end zone. Uh, you underestimated greatly. Most number ones ever. How long did it really take me? The part I love most is they need me more than they hate me. So they never take shots. I got everybody on safety. I can load every gun with bullets that fire backwards. Probably wouldn't lose a single rapper. Make threats, can't hear him over the laughter. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Draft Daily. Today I'm joined by LJ Cheney. You can follow him on Twitter at Pacific Scouting. He's the VP of College Scouting and Development over there at DFF Dynasty. He's got the 2018 Debbie Watch coming out pretty soon. LJ, how are we doing today? I'm doing good, Elliot. I appreciate you, you know, reaching out, bringing me on here. You, you, you uh, asked me which prospect I wanted to talk, and I couldn't really decide at first, but I seen the back and forth between receivers and Dante Pettis. So I was like, oh, that'll be, that'll be a good one to touch on. So I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of your work, and Pettis is one of the more interesting guys because I've seen him as high as wide receiver one and as low as like wide receiver twenty three. So there's, he's definitely <laughs> someone that people are very up and down on. But before we get into Pettis, one of the things I've liked to do on the last couple of podcasts is kind of talk to you about what your ideal receiver looks like because we see these different rankings, and I think we were talking a little pre-show. Like it's very hard to compare a guy like Christian Kirk and Auden Tate, for example. Like they're not. They both play receiver, but that's kind of where their comparison ends. So if, if you could build your ideal receiver, what would he look like? Oh, man, I, I, my ideal receiver is Julio Jones, but that's just so far few and in between. You know, I, I, I sort of fall for those uh, those bigger wide receivers that have that technical aspect to the to their game. But a lot of times when, when, when you get those big guys, it's they're more so, you know, move the chains guy. They, they have the ability to win deep. But uh, when you get a guy like Julio Jones that's so technical, that, that's my ideal wide receiver. Um, but I, I can see that the uh, the way the NFL is trending right now, you're, you're looking at a lot of smaller guys that are owning the league, you know, Odell Beckham, Antonio Brown. So going into this year, I sort of just stepped back and was like, you know what, screw the size. You know, I just, I want a technical wide receiver that that has the, uh, you know, the ability to win in, in multiple ways. But yeah, so that that's where I'm at with a uh, wide receiver right now. I think uh, obviously Julio Jones is the ideal dude for me, but uh, I've sort of switched up on on what exactly I need from a wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Julio Jones is one of those guys that God only creates every once in a while. Like he's he's just different at six foot four and the way he moves and his speed and size and everything. But I'm with you. A technical route runner is someone that you tend to su- see succeed from level to level. And route running is one of those things that doesn't really leave you, right? So like if you're able to run routes you're going to be able to get open and people that get open find careers for themselves they don't necessarily become the most dominant player week to week in the nfl but they're guys that can certainly can contribute so jumping into pettis like when you watch his game what are you most impressed with i think with pettis his ability to run routes i think that's one thing that that impresses me you know he's a He's very technical at the line of scrimmage. I think he uses his feet his feet well. He he has really good footwork. He he sort of knows how to play off those defenders. You know, d- depending on where they're lined up, and uh, what they show. You know, post snap, what type of release these uh, these DBs are showing. You know, post snap, right 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 when the ball snapped, he has a good idea for you know if they're showing inside release, outside release, and he knows how to you know pace his footwork and and set these guys up. And I think his release is one thing that stands out to me his ability to high point the ball, you know, when he can win deep, he can win in the inter- intermediate. And uh, when he goes up and high points the ball, you know, he, he has a pretty good uh, vertical leap, I guess you could say. And on top of that, despite his, uh, I wouldn't say he's frail, you know, he is a little thinner uh, at the position, but despite that, you know, he's able to go up and catch through contact, come down with the ball, make good body adjustments. And he's got really good hands, you know, and 
So those are some of the main things that, that impressed me. And then also watching him, you know, he's a guy that's able to sift through traffic pretty well, whether it's, you know, that drag route or that shallow crosser, he's, he's understanding, you know, the zones are the openings and zones where those soft spots are. And he's a guy that's going to sit down and I guess give his, his quarterback that, that throwing lane, you know, to, to hit him right there with, with nobody really close around him because he, he has that understanding. He's a, he's a hard worker, you know, he's got a high football intelligence and that that's, those are some of the main things I like about him. You know, those all make sense to me. I, I think at the end of the day, he's a guy that when I watch, I'd be very surprised if he's not in the NFL in three years. You know, some of those guys, you talk about ceilings and floors, and I think his floor is pretty high. Like, for what you mentioned, I think he's a very smart football player. He does a lot of things well. You mentioned his hands. He only, I think, dropped 4% of his passes, and you see him very comfortable catching the ball away from his body, which is something I like. And route running, like, I don't think he's necessarily fast, despite the fact that he has the NCAA record for, what, nine punt return touchdowns, which is yeah. which is awesome. Normally, you see those guys as, like, electric kind of players, and I don't necessarily think that's his game. I think he's more crafty. Uh, I think he runs a great hitch route uh, or comeback route. He drops his hips, and he drives the corners off the route and then ends up with a very easy reception you know all of his double moves are very good i thought he won versus press pretty well both with his hands and his feet and the, the hand aspect of it is something you don't see out of a lot of college players so he seems like more advanced than a lot of college players especially in his route running yeah i think a lot of that stems from you know the background with his family that austin pettis i'm not sure if that's his his brother or his cousin then his dad played professional baseball you know so I, I i'm sure they had him you know training from a young age and, and that does show up his ability to sort of step back and avoid those jams i will say the the physicality somewhat lacks at the line of scrimmage but even then he's he's able to position himself well and use his hands at the line of scrimmage and I get what you're saying. When when you think of his ability to return punts, you think of some ultimate athlete, I guess you could say, that's uh just popping off the tape. And I, I don't I don't see that athlete, even though he has that. And I just wanted to to put this out there really quick. They run a husky combine every year at UW. And what they do is they allow the underclassmen to do the same testing right after their pro day that those, you know, the kids going into the NFL are doing. And some of his numbers, three cones, six, seven, three, broad jump, 10, 10. I got three vertical jumps for him. 2015 was 33 and a half. Then it bumped up to 41 inches and then 39 inches. And then his 40 time, 439. That doesn't necessarily show up. You can see he's a good athlete, but those type of testing numbers, I don't see, I don't necessarily see that athlete on the field. I'm sure he has it in him. But yeah, I think he's a, he's more of a smooth, crafty type of dude. That'll be really interesting to see what he runs on the combine because I I thought he was fast. I thought he was more like a four four five to four five kind of guy. But four three nine, I think, would do a lot for his stock. That's impressive. You know, those numbers are impressive. And one of the things I really like is that you said that I think you from thirty three vertical to forty one or thirty nine. Is that what you yeah. said? like? That yeah, shows yeah, that he's two, working. Yeah, exactly. That's 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 one of the main points. And for for comparison, John Ross at the Husky Combine the year before he came out, he ran a four two five. And then what did he break the record with a 422 or a 421 at the actual combine? So their numbers are seem pretty accurate. I don't know if he'll run a 439, but I, I can see a low 44. Yeah, I think that would do a lot of good for him. And you know, you mentioned John Ross, and one of the reasons I really like Pettis was I remember their game against Alabama um, in the playoffs where they they kind of mm -hmm. got erased in that game but yeah. ross looked bad in that game pettis looked impressive like he looked like the best player on their team like he belonged against alabama he was owning some of their corners he, he looked really good in that game and that was one of the things that got me really excited about him coming into the year and then i know that his numbers weren't exactly amazing when ross left he didn't take over as this like superstar guy that a lot of people expected him to take over but you know when i was watching the film I, I thought he was pretty impressive. Uh, do you have any concerns about like his lack of production as a number one receiver? See, when it comes to that production, I think 
you know, a lot of it falls on Jake Browning. Last year, John Ross, he left so much yardage and touchdowns out there for John Ross and the same type of deal this year. You know, there's there's been times where, you know, Browning would see him late or even then when he sees him, the ball, it, it sort of takes a while to get to its intended destination. I would see I would see him break open and Browning would throw it to him, you know, a second or two after his break, after he's completely wide open. And I think a lot of it has to fall on that, you know, and, and he he did he did receive more attention and I expected him to, you know, be somewhat better, but I can't really hold that against him just because, you know, I've watched Browning his whole time here. Regardless of the production that Browning had last year, you could see that he struggles as a quarterback. He's not a good quarterback. He's got one of the weakest arms in college, and I think that sort of was was a bit of a detriment to uh, Pettis' production. Yeah, I wrote an article last year about the top seven quarterbacks coming into this season, and I left Browning off of it. And I got a lot of hate from UW guys about, like, why aren't you writing about Browning's NFL draft prospects? And I was like, because I don't think he's very good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, Pettis certainly isn't this perfect receiver. We just talked about a lot of his strengths. Are there any concerns that you have with his game? Yeah, I think, you know, play to play, he, he needs to be more consistent with his burst off the line when, when facing that off coverage. You know, I know I know at times, you know, he, he's able to eat up that chunk, that uh, those yards and, and step on that DB's toes. But sometimes it's it's not there, you know. So I think that that's what he needs to be more consistent with. You know, I think uh, we mentioned his, his hands at the line of scrimmage. I think he relies on his feet a lot and he does use his hands well. But I think it, it's something that when he gets to facing these bigger corners, that physicality is is something that I, I worry about a tad much. You know, it's uh, I think he can win the way that he does with with his craftiness and his footwork but I, I am somewhat hesitant when it comes to his physicality I think uh, those are so those are some of the main concerns you know outside of outside of that I think actually there is one uh he does need to improve on his deception within different routes you know you can see the the route running that he uh, displays but I've noticed on slants you know he takes one step and then his second or third, he's, he's stepping wide to the outside to try and set a defender up, ultimately slanting inward, which is an easy tell for a corner. Just from watching a few minutes of tape that, you know, that's something I picked up on. I've watched him for a long time, though, but I think, you know, DBs can see that, you know. So to counter that, I think, you know, he, he can step on the toes of those defenders before making his move inside to sell something other than that slant he's about to run. So th that those are some of my main concerns. They're very minimal, you know, and I think overall he's a really good wide receiver. Not going to pay him as a top guy because he's not that dynamic. He's not that that game changer. Obviously, he is in, in the punt return game. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think he's going to be a solid wide receiver too in the NFL. You know, I think that's where I'd put his ceiling. And he, you you talked about his floor. He's got a really high floor. So, you know, those those are some of my main concerns. So I'm curious to get your thoughts because you know I've I've watched six games total of Pettis, and one thing I noticed, and I'm curious because you you probably watch more of him. You talked about you've been following Washington all this time. Is that I feel like sometimes when he when Browning will like throw the ball over the middle, or he feels that someone may hit him, like the second he catches the ball, he starts to almost turtle like to like protect himself immediately and i don't know really what to make of that because i don't i don't think i see it that often so i don't know if he's scared to get hit he's just trying to protect himself or if this is going to be like an issue where he's not going to be able to get yards after catch you know have you have you noticed that all in his film and do you do you have any thoughts on that yeah i think uh i'm trying to think one of the i went back and watched him the other night and uh i want to i want to say it might have been arizona state to where i feel like there was a guy crashing in and he uh he, he short-armed it you know he sort of didn't even really go for the ball and sort of just tapped it and you know i think that could that can be something that he he might not really appreciate that that pressure contact that's going to be coming you know when when he can feel it i think that that can be a concern with him 
And he's a, you know, overall, he is a, he is a tough kid. You know, I got to sit down and talk with him one-on-one this past year. He's very uh, articulate. You know, he's a smart kid and and he works hard, but I can see that, you know, he, he doesn't have the thickest build. And I think that's why he's, he's better suited, I guess, on the outside, you know, maybe in that zero where you can move him around and stuff, but overall, he's not going to be that big physical guy that's going to be taking on that contact. And I think it's a, it can be a concern, you know, because I, I did notice that as well. It's a uh, when when you're not even willing to to go out and and catch that ball with that contact coming. It's a different story when he's downfield, you know, making a play on the ball versus running across the middle. So I can I can see where you're coming from with that. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, that gets back to what we were talking a little bit about pre-show is that you know whenever you're looking at a receiver, you have to realize that you know Pettis is a guy that's going to play a certain role. We're talking about a wide receiver too in the NFL, right? Where you're kind of going to use him mm-hmm. for route running and deep and intermediate routes and kind of these comeback routes. If you're going to ask him to go over the middle, that's probably not what he's going to be successful at. That doesn't mean it's not necessarily important to point out. It just means that I'm going to ding him a little bit less because I don't think that's what his role is going to be. When you when you watch him, is there a player that comes to your mind in terms of who he compares to? Yeah, uh, pretty sure you brought this up. And I was just thinking the the first guy that, that sort of came to mind was uh, Nate Burleson. And, you know, I've been able to watch Nate a lot. He went to uh, O'Day up here in Washington State and then, you know, followed his career, played for the Seahawks at one point. And I think, you know, hit the one knock with Nate Burleson, you know, he's often injured and stuff, but I think they're similar players. And I think Pettis's career trajectory could sort of go the same route. You know, Burleson only had, I, I want to say maybe one year over a thousand receiving yards, but ultimately, you know, they're both really athletic guys. Nate Burleson was an underrated athlete, both long striders. I feel like they move the same way in the open field. They rely more so on their vision than they do their agility, you know, even though they do have it. And that's not a knock, you know, that, that's fine. You, you, if you're able to create, go ahead and create. So I think uh, Nate Rolson is, is the guy that, that comes to mind when I think of Nate, uh, Dante Pettis. Yeah, that guy makes a lot of sense to me. The one that popped into my head when I was watching was Cameron Meredith. I know Meredith has a couple inches on him, but he's kind of a slender receiver as well. And one of the things he has done real successfully in the NFL is double moves. And that's one thing I see in Pettis's game a lot is he sets corners up and hits him with a nice move and then gets open over the top and so that's one of the reasons I thought Cam Meredith we talk about this wide receiver class so much and one of the things you always hear is that you know it's it's not a top heavy class there's not a lot of guys that are going to be wide receiver ones and a lot of these guys are kind of destined to be wide receiver twos and it seems to knock the class a little bit more than I think it should because you know there are a lot of teams that could use a secondary wide receiver in the NFL and when, when you watch Pettis and his game style and all these teams that need wide receiver twos is there a team that you'd like to see him go to I think the main team that comes to mind for me because I'm not going to count on Pettis to be a number one guy in the NFL you know he played much better I think with John Ross opposite of him you know to sort of take pressure off of him and I I think that the best spot for him would maybe to be paired up with Michael Thomas down in in New Orleans that's that's what comes to mind for me you know him being able to play second field to a Michael Thomas and he I think he can you know earn a lot of production out of that type of offense I know they've went more run heavy this past year and it worked well for them but I think him playing second fiddle is the best is the you know would be the best bet for him so i, I think the saints they, they come to mind you know and he he might be there in uh end of round two maybe beginning around three I, I think he's a day two guy so that's uh i could see them maybe scooping him up yeah i have a day two grade on him as well and i think the saints make a lot of sense i mean one of the reasons or one of the reported reasons why cooks got traded was that he wasn't taking route running as seriously and that's something that sean payton and drew Brees really value and if they draft 
Pettis. I don't think they're going to have to worry about how seriously he takes his route running. I, I said this with James Washington, and I'm going to repeat it with Pettis, but I sure would love to see the Dallas Cowboys get someone that could separate and run an actual route and kind of create and be that secondary option outside of Dez. And, you know, he all that stuff he does really well down the field, I think would really help their entire offense. So the Cowboys are a team, when I when I see his game, I think fits really well. But I, I think there are, there are a ton of teams that you could talk about. I mean, even your team up in Seattle, if they lose Paul Richardson, he wouldn't be a bad fit up there. There. he would be a great fit with the 49ers and what Kyle Shanahan's trying to do like if you're a team that's looking for a wide receiver too and you're you're very comfortable with not expecting him to develop into your main option I think Pettis is a guy that that works really well for your team oh definitely and I, I thought about the Cowboys as well but I was like I wonder what they're going to do with Des Bryant you know and it, it, depending on what what happens with him you know they might have to go that Cortland Sutton odd and Tate route just in case but yeah Matt Harmon was just on NFL Network was that earlier today or yesterday where he's talking about tight window throws and Dak Prescott had to make the t- most tight window throws in the NFL or he had the best rating in tight window throws so yeah Pettis his ability to, to separate is well you know among the top in this class so that's a great fit yeah we are I mean whenever I talk about fits and we talk about mock drafts like they're fun but at the end of the day before free agency they're kind of pointless because there's so many team needs that could you know be filled I mean I'm a diehard Jets fan and every single mock that I've seen we are we're taking a quarterback and if we sign Kirk Cousins then you can throw every single one of those mocks away because they no longer mean anything so I'm with you on the Des Bryant thing that that changes a lot if they let go of Des Bryant I don't want Pettis to go to Dallas because I think that's asking more out of him and going to put more pressure on him and it's going to lead for to him under underperforming um when he starts his career yeah no i hear that that's uh it, it'll be interesting i'm excited for this free agency period to see what happens yeah man i'm excited for these trades too marcus peters just got traded i'm, I'm hoping those those continue lj man i just want to thank you for coming on man I, I love reading your stuff why don't you tell the people where they can find you yeah thanks a lot man it was a it's it was great to hear from you to, to bring me on here and it's it's been a blast so uh you can follow me on twitter at pacific scouting all my work's over at dynastyfootballfactory.com you can follow them at dff underscore dynasty and we have a debbie watch podcast it's at debbie watch we talk a ton of college football one more thing i want to throw out there i know elliot dropped it at, uh, at the beginning of the show but we do have the 2018 dff debbie watch drop in end of march where we profile you know over 200 college players that at the skill position that we believe are going to be something at the nfl position so thanks again elliot i appreciate it yeah man no problem we're gonna have to have you come back and you know you're one of the guys i love talking football with so i appreciate you coming on guys he's lj cheney you can follow him at pacific scouting i'm elliot chris as always you can follow me on twitter at elliot chris you're listening to the draft daily podcast please rate review and subscribe you are now available on itunes stitcher and google play as always guys we really appreciate you listening thank you